850 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. I'm Gary Duncan. You're listening to the Midday Moments program. And it's time now for our moment on the lighter side. This afternoon, we welcome back a guest who's been with us uh, a lot, but not lately. So let's introduce the author of the Gospel of Luke, Dr. Luke himself. Luke, it's been a while since we've talked. Well, yeehaw, yes it has, Mr. Duncan. <laughs> but just because we haven't been talking doesn't mean I haven't been thinking about you. In fact, I think I have finally arrived at a solution for your little problem. Uh, what little problem is that? Well, uh, you mean you got more than one? Oh, oh, come on, Mr. Duncan. Tell me all about your little problems. I'm a doctor, you know. You can trust me. Confidentiality is my middle name. Uh, what is it? Uh, body odor? Bad breath? <laughs> fr- fr- frankly, Dr. Luke, those are not the kinds of things I would want to discuss on the radio. And anyway, I, I don't have those problems. Oh, funny. That, that's not what other people have told me. Uh, uh, but no, <laughs> I'm talking about your little problem. That That is obvious to all. I, I'm talking about your MPB. Yeah, MPB. Oh, 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 you're on my baldness again. Yep, yep, MPB, male pattern baldness. It's a problem many uh, of us men have. Luke, I I appreciate your efforts to help me in that area, but the simple fact is none of them work. The hair-raising leeches, the you know, I've tried those. It didn't do anything. But uh, so, you know, all it did was leave my head sore. And then there's that hair uh, restorer tonic. It did nothing but leave a greasy film on my hair. So yeah, I, Yes, yes. Yeah, but you must admit that tantalizing aroma of bacon grease did attract the ladies. If, if you mean attract the ladies, you mean my wife wanted to lick the top of my skull every night? I suppose maybe it did. But, Dr. Luke, I'm, I'm tired of being your guinea pig here. Oh, well, come on, Gary. Do you know how many times Edison had to try before he perfected the light bulb? No, I really don't. How many? Over 10,000 times. <laughs> I don't think my head would last that long. Well, well, it, it might not be that bad. I, I, do you know how many times it took Seymour Turnbuckle to perfect the mighty power of TNT? I don't know. A uh, hundred times? Nope. Just once. <laughs> put those chemicals together and kaboom! <laughs> well, well, at least his widow was able to live comfortably off the patents. <laughs> oh, so what you're going to do is you're going to blow up my head? No, 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 no. I, I was just making an illustration. My product has no explosives in it. At least I don't think it does. <laughs> but just to be on the safe side, while you're using it, you, you probably should stay away from any open flames. You know, if this is a sales pitch, you're not doing a very convincing job. Uh, look, Mr. Duncan, I I realize now I was probably taking the wrong approach. Uh, my solutions were not appropriate to your case. Uh, your uh, MPB is particularly a difficult type. It was like trying to kill one of those super bacterias with an aspirin. So what other approach are you considering? Well, after thinking about it, you don't need leeches. You don't need an elixir. What you need is a plaster. A plaster? What's a plaster? What are, what are you going to do, fill in the holes in my head? Oh, 
Oh, that's a thought. Oh, no, no. <laughs> but no, no, not that kind of plaster. I'm talking about a special cloth that's been soaked in certain chemicals that are guaranteed to stimulate hair growth. Well, you place this little baby on your chrome dome, and before you know it, you'll have so much hair, you'll keep the barber busy for hours. I don't know, Dr. Luke. Come on, come on. What? What could it hurt uh, to at least give it a try? No creatures sucking on my head, no greasy mess? Nope, just a nice soft cloth lying on your scalp. It might even help keep your head warm when it gets cold of an evening. I don't think that will be an issue for uh, a while anyway because of the time of year it is. But I'll give it a try. Send me, uh, send me one and I'll report on it the next week. But what have you got for us on our devotion this week? Well, uh, you know, I realize, Mr. Duncan, you can have your pick of gospel writers. I mean, you've had the Apostle John and even St. Peter himself. But what I'd like to share with you are things that you can only get from me, Dr. Luke. Oh, you mean like hair-raising leeches? Uh, no, no, no. I, I mean like Bible stories. Uh, like Luke's exclusives? Exactly. Well, let's get started. What Bible story does only Dr. Luke tell us? Well, I'm the only one to tell you about that childhood of Jesus. At least, I have the only historically accurate story. You mean there's some that are historically inaccurate about Jesus? Oh, yeah. About Jesus' childhood? Yeah, yeah. There are all kinds of uh, pseudepigrapha uh, that claim to tell the events of Jesus' early years. Pigrapha? I thought Jews had nothing to do with swine. Oh, not not pigs, Mister Duncan, but but pigrapha. I mean, that's the Greek word for writing. In this case, pseudepigrapha are, are false writings. Uh, books claiming to be written by Thomas, Mary Magdalene, or, or even Judas. Oh, I thought, I was confused there, because I thought you were, like, calling a pig. Pseudepigrapha! I'll, I'll do the jokes here, okay, Mr. Duncan? <laughs> okay, I'll leave them up to you. Okay. All right. <laughs> Suey, Suey, come, come, little piggy. But what kind of stories do these books have? Well, they're, they're fantastical stories. Uh, in one, Jesus is making little creatures out of the mud. Every child likes to play in the mud. <laughs> but when Jesus would form a dove out of the mud, it would become alive and, and fly away. Or, or there was the other time that uh, Jesus was playing Superman. You know, all children like to play Superman. And, and so Jesus, he jumped off the roof of his house and floated gently to the ground. You know, I've actually heard of that story before. Then one of Jesus' little friends tried the same stunt, only he came crashing to the ground and died. And, and Jesus was so overcome with remorse at the tragedy, his example it caused, that he went over and raised that little boy from the dead. Those stories are unbelievable, Dr. Luke. As well they should be, because they're not to be believed. <laughs> they are, as I said, pseudepigrapha. Hey, oh. Now you got me worried the pigs are going to start coming in here. <laughs> the point is, these stories were probably written 200 years after Jesus, when Thomas, Mary Magdalene, and Judas would have been long dead. Now, the story that I recorded, however, is an eyewitness account given to me by a person who treasured those memories in her heart. You've interviewed Mary herself, the mother of our Lord? Well, that I did. And she gave me the only true historical account we have of the boy Jesus. Why, why don't you read it, if you would, Mr. Duncan? Uh, just start there at verse 41 uh, from the second chapter of my gospel. Okay. 41, you said, right? Yeah. 
Now, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover, and when he was twelve years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but they were supposing that he would be in part of the group, and they went on a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Now that story, that, that smacks a history. Nothing supernatural here, just the simple truth. It's only natural when men would write stories about the boy Jesus. They, they'd want to speculate on what wonders a, a, a child God could perform. But the fact was, his childhood was just like any other. You know, there's something else in this story that smacks of the truth. Well, well what's that, Mr. Duncan? Well... Again, if a human were constructing the story, he'd probably portray Jesus as the perfect son, the child who always made his bed, kept up his room, kept it clean, and, and volunteered to take out the trash with no questions asked. Well, you know, we all want a good example to present to our children. My point oh. is, I'm sure any human account would describe Jesus as an ideal youngster, but in your historical accurate account, he almost comes off like a little rascal. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't want to give you the wrong impression about Jesus. No, he, he was a good boy. Uh, as I go to point out in my gospel, when he returned home to Nazareth, he was submissive to them. In fact, as I said, uh, Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. I don't want uh, to leave anyone with the notion that Jesus was the bad boy of Bethlehem. Oh, no such impressions taken. But you must admit, what Jesus did in Jerusalem was sort of mean. I'm a father myself and a grandfather, and I know the most frightening feeling in the world is to think you've lost your child. You, you make that point clear in your text. When they finally found Jesus, Mary says, Son, why have you treated us so? And, and then it goes on to say, Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. So she was obviously not a very happy mama. Uh, but you have to understand, uh, Jesus didn't intend to be mean. Uh, he just wanted to help his parents understand something important. Indeed, it's, a, it's the same, same thing he wants us to understand. What's that, Luke? Well, it, it's similar to what he, he taught the people after he grew up. This is what Jesus said. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Dr. Luke, I'm not sure I follow you. That passage has always been a difficult one for me, and I don't exactly see what it has to do with Jesus leaving his mother and father in a lurch. I think Jesus was trying to show them and us that there are things that are more important than even our own mother and father. Whatever that is, it must be something real important, Dr. Luke, for the Ten Commandments themselves tell us that we are to honor and obey our parents. It is something of great importance. This teaching should take priority over everything else in our lives. And what teaching is that, Dr. Luke? You know what? I'll tell you next week, or better yet, Jesus himself will tell you. His answer is recorded right there in the text of Holy Scripture.
Oh, you are a clever man, Dr. Luke. You just want to make sure you have to come back next week so we could talk about the results of your hair-growing plaster. Well, I am excited about this new product, and and I do think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Well, you've kind of got me over a barrel here, Dr. Luke. All right, I'll give your plaster a try, and you can come back next week and tell us what the story of the boy Jesus means to us. Well, until next week then, Mr. Duncan. Thank you, Dr. Luke. It's been a pleasure having you on the program, and I'll talk to you again, as we said, next week. We are the messenger of good news. We're worldwide at KFUO.org.